A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. Thank you for tuning into the Mage as well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Mages, welcome back to the show and thank you for joining. This week I've decided to look at healing magic, cause lord knows we all bloody need it. Today's episode isn't calling for people to step away from medicine. I am not promoting that, and I'm also not a medical professional. If you wish to do these spells, please do them alongside conventional methods to aid and support their application or in the recovery process. Also, I talk about healing, but if you believe you are ill due to a curse or a hex, then these spells will not help you. You need to look at banishment and protection. I mentioned the Acadia Makalu ritual in last week's episode. Something like that would be wise to look at. Majors, my sugar pot spell, it's ready. We can lift off, and I want your cup to overrunneth. Sugar pot spells are traditionally used to sweeten your life and bring joy. And who doesn't want more of that? I mean, I do. Subscribe with the link in the description, and you can be added. What are you waiting for? There's no time to lose. Illness and disease, in some cases, is the first implication of mortality. That shocking realisation that we will all die. An immutable guarantee, along with our change or transformation. Our injuries and illnesses reveal our vulnerabilities and disrupt our living. Illness or ill health is an affliction. Traditionally viewed as the result of evil spirits, punishment from the divine, we can draw meaning from our episodes with ill health, an initiation, a rite of passage. Wounds call and demand for our attention, as with neglect comes danger. In of themselves, they represent an opening, a window into transformation. Straying from the path of health, in whatever form, can make us realise what we have overlooked, our previous state taken for granted. The ancients placed much emphasis on purging and purifying in order to process both physical and psychic toxins. 
The former today has taken the limelight as dietary detox programs continue in their growth in a multi-million dollar industry. The most skeptical of witchcraft and magic will turn a blind eye to a healing spell sent their way. Illness can drive people to do the most unlikely of things. Before we dive into actual spells, let's look at preparing. The best time to perform healing spells is at the full moon, because after this phase, the moon fades away, which represents the affliction that you're trying to heal. If you're casting this spell for others, make sure you have the permission. Also, having an item of theirs and using it in your spells and rituals will add strength to it. Washing your hands before a healing ritual in rosemary water adds power to your workings, and you can either make it from a tea or you can add the essential oil to water. With this idea of rosemary, I think it would be a great idea to stain your space with a rosemary bundle, and also cleanse with that Hecus ritual back in self-initiation. Bathing in freshly ground almonds and honey will invite healing in, and it's also actually quite soothing for certain skin ailments. Asclepius Asclepius was the Greek god of healing, and the patron of doctors. He first appeared in the Iliad, where he's a human chieftain who's also a physician. Now scholars are unsure how he became deified, but his mythic background is that he was the son of Apollo, who has links to healing, and Coronis, his mortal mother, who Apollo killed due to her infidelity. Nice guy. When she died, she was given a c-section, and the child was named Asclepios, meaning to cut open. Apollo gave the baby to Chiron. Now, Chiron was a centaur, and also an expert in healing. Chiron taught Asclepios all of his secrets, and he became so skilled that he could bring the dead back. Hades wasn't happy, and complained to Zeus, who struck him dead, and brought him back on the condition that he wouldn't resurrect any more people. Asclepius had a cult form from around 350 BCE, which combined religious and medical procedures, and his temples called Asclepions. They attracted pilgrims, and were the sites of medical training. Healing in these temples was free, but it was expected that you were to leave an offering, and that often took the form of what had been healed like clay limbs and organs, they have often been found at these sites. Non-poisonous snakes were kept inside his temples, as they were sacred to him, and today they bear his name as the Escalapian snake. They were allowed to crawl on the floors where the patient slept. In the Temple of Alexandria, there are records of tame snakes and them reaching 3 to 6 meters. Whenever the cult wished to found a new temple, a snake would be moved from one of the older ones as an act of transferring power and healing ability. When a plague broke out in Rome in 293 BCE, a delegation was sent to a chief site called Epidaurus to obtain a snake. The snake wrapped itself around the mast of the boat on their return to Rome, a sign they interpreted as positive. As the boat was docking in Rome, the snake slithered out and swam around Tiber Island. They decided to found the temple there, taking it as another sign. Later the island was actually shaped like a boat, and an obelisk was built in the centre to symbolise the mast, to pay homage to this delegation. The island became synonymous with healing, and to this day, it still bears those connotations. A hospital was built in 1584, and still stands and still operates. When the Nazis occupied Rome, the head of the hospital, Dr. Borromeo, started a rumour that a highly contagious plague broke out in order to keep the Nazis away, as he invited the local Jewish population to seek refuge within the hospital walls. Back to Asclepius and his temples though, I didn't expect the Nazis to pop up today in the middle of a healing episode, but hey, welcome to 2020. Either patients had a miraculous healing, or there are multiple accounts of patients actually having vivid dreams, thought today to be brought on by the uncomfortable sleeping conditions, or some have suggested hallucinogenic substances, 
It was said that the snakes themselves were inspiring visions, and the dreams were thought to be healing in of themselves. A priest the next day would interpret the dream, determine the diagnosis, and prescribe a therapy. The Eclepion, of course, is said to be the most impressive of all the sites, and it's said that Hippocrates was trained there. Within the site was a sacred cypress grove, where no one was allowed to be born or die. The cypress trees were also heavily dotted around the site, and it was forbidden to cut them down. In 31 BCE, Senator Poplius Torellius, one of the assassins of Julius Caesar, was sentenced to death. Turns out he'd built some ships using the sacred cypress from the site. So this is kind of suggesting to me that when working with Asclepios, you could light some cypress incense or resin as an offering, but I would say make sure that it's ethically sourced. I stumbled across an article from the University of Virginia about an account of one of the healings at the temple in Epidara. An Athenian woman named Ambrosia was blind in one eye. She laughed at the cures and the methods used by the Asclepions to heal the lame and the blind. Asclepius promised to cure her eye if she promised to dedicate a silver pig as a symbol of her ignorance. She agrees, and in the dream he cuts the diseased eyeball away and pours in a drug. She woke healed. It didn't say if she delivered her end of the bargain, but I'm willing to bet if he can heal, he can certainly take it away. Jungian scholars today have suggested that these healing dreams were actually a form of ancient psychoanalysis and psychotherapy. Asclepios is often paired with the goddess Hygieia, which is where the word hygiene derives from. She represents cleanliness. He is often depicted with a snake wrapped around his staff, symbolizing the dualistic nature to medicine, that of life and death, health and illness. This image is replicated in medical organizations today. This idea of a serpent or serpents wrapping around a rod or a staff seems to have originated from Mesopotamia, as a cup intended to pour libations carried this symbolism. Asclepius was pushed underground by the early Roman church as he was a threat and in direct competition to Christ as he carried a similar message. A common thing that happens in early Christianity is that the pagan gods get absorbed and then they're rebranded as Christian saints or key figures. Some scholars actually suggest that aspects of him were absorbed by Jesus, although it's been suggested that the saints Cosmas and Damien are linked to him as they often visit and heal patients through their dreams. I've got a recipe for an oil blend inspired by him and to bring in his healing energies, and it's half a part of rose, a quarter part of hyssop, a sixteenth part juniper, and a sixteenth part anise. And you would either soak that in jojoba or hemp and use it as you see fit. I've included a ritual later on which includes him and his children who represent different aspects of healing and medicine. Snakes. I thought I would touch upon the idea of snakes as instigators of healing. It wasn't just the Greeks who saw snakes in this light. It's a virtually universal belief from the Native American tribes, Chinese mythology, Buddhism, Hinduism, they all support and allude to snakes' healing abilities. But why? Well, part of it seems to be due to the shedding of the skin. They were seen as agents of change and transformation. Their old skin fades and becomes dull, only to fall away and reveal fresh, youthful skin. This idea of rebirth is strengthened by the fact that they entered the earth, i.e. underworlds, and would re-emerge. Numerous archaeological digs have revealed high priestesses and goddesses holding snakes, suggesting some sort of cultic worship. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, he's on a quest to find eternal life. After discovering the herb, a snake steals it and eats it, thus giving it eternal life through the casting off of its skin. 
Snakes appear as ingredients in a lot of remedies, and particularly the classical world. From viper's broth to serpent grease, all sorts of recipes and various parts of the snake were prescribed, which in some parts of the world is still practiced. People today use snakes to massage their patients and heal them. There's a lot of interesting articles online about it. It seems they are amazing at massage. Who'd have thought? I'm gonna talk about rituals you can do around snakes, but before I do, it's worth mentioning that you could also incorporate lavender oil into these rituals, as the scent attracts the spirit of the serpent, or yarrow smoke, it's said to stimulate visions regarding snakes. For this next ritual, it's focused around identifying the ailment and treatment. Please do not intend to diagnose with this method. I wanted to share it with you because it's quite an easy thing to do, but please consult with a healthcare professional. You'll need a representation of a snake, it could be a picture or a statue, whatever. But it must fit under your pillow and it must not disturb your sleep. Before sleeping, look into the eyes of the snake and charge it to give you guidance around your ailments and to discover the source. Place it under your pillow and sleep, and you must repeat it until you get a dream and you understand it. Also, you can get candles that look like snakes and charge one of these candles with your desire and also do it while looking into its eyes. Maybe you ask for healing, maybe you ask for protection regarding your health, it's up to you. You could also dress it with that Asclepius oil that I gave you, and burn it as and when you need it. I also came across this prayer that you can say. It's not so much a healing based prayer, but it's more about the overall energy that the snake embodies. I call on the spirit of the snake. I call on the primal and healing forces you carry. I call on your intuition and your heightened senses. Help me remain pressed close to the present, so I might experience this existence directly. Make me aware subtly, and open to change. Sensual and fertile spirit, I ask you for transformation. Help me shed that which I have overgrown. Clear my eyes so that I might slide free of the past, and into a newly formed now. Call your power, speed and precision within me, so that I might harmonize with the invisible, and swallow the wisdom that I seek. Disease Spirits Disease spirits are connected to illness and disease. They can inflict the illness, but oftentimes they are the illness. They can prevent and heal the illness that they embody as well. To have that type of illness is seen as a version of possession, so a chickenpox spirit is said to possess you if you have chickenpox. To rid the body of illness is seen as an exorcism. Hanging chives and mugwort around the house is said to banish them, as well as burning dittany of Crete. I came across a ritual that involves hot coals. Take seven glowing coals and circle each one around the patient's head, seven times, 49 in total. Toss each coal into a bowl of water. This bowl is to be poured out at a crossroads by either a postmenopausal woman or a premenstrual girl, and they cannot look back at the water or use the same route to get home. Make it an incense blend of calamus. Coriander, juniper and myrrh is an ancient Egyptian technique for ridding these spirits. Also juniper and rosemary is a good one. And in Sri Lanka, where they perform a lot of rituals around disease spirits, they wear special masks to help scare away the spirits. I've also come across a Babylonian prayer for health that acts as an exorcism for disease spirits. Tablet 1. The noxious god, the noxious spirit of the neck, the next spirit of the desert, the next spirit of the mountains. The next spirit of the sea, the next spirit of the morass, the noxious spirit of the city, the noxious wind which seizes the body and the health of the body. Spirit of heaven, remember. Spirit of earth, remember. 
Tablet 5 He who makes an image which injures the man, an evil face, an evil eye, an evil mouth, an evil tongue, evil lips, an evil poison. Spirit of heaven, remember. Spirit of earth, remember. Tablet 6 The cruel spirit, the strong spirit of the head, the head spirit that departs not, the head spirit that goes not forth, the head spirit that will not go, the noxious head spirit. Spirit of heaven, remember. Spirit of earth, remember. Tablet 8 May Ninsagal, the wife of Ninasu, turn her face towards another place. May the noxious spirit go forth and seize another. May the propitious spirit and the propitious genii settle upon his body. Spirit of heaven, remember. Spirit of earth, remember. Tablet 9 May Nebs, the great steward, the recliner supreme among the gods, like the god who has begotten him, seize upon his head. Against his life may he not break forth. Spirit of heaven, remember. Spirit of earth, remember. Tablet 10 On the sick man, by the sacrifice of mercy, may perfect health shine like bronze. May the sun god give this man life. May Merodach, the eldest son of the deep, give him strength, prosperity, and health. Spirit of heaven, remember. Spirit of earth, remember. It mentions Ninsagal. Now, Ninsagal was the queen of the underworld, and Ninasu, her husband, was the king of the underworld, and had connections to spirits. And I think Nebs may be another name for Nabu, who was a prophet and the patron god of scribes and wisdom. And Merodach could also be another name for Marder. He had over 50 names, and it's really difficult to work out who he is sometimes. He's the head of the Mesopotamian pantheon. Candle healing spells. So guys, this is the spell that I spoke about last week that I thought I could guide you through. It's the candle with hyssop oil. And with candle spells, you can bless and charge the candle holder to give it extra strength. And I personally wouldn't cleanse it. I would only use it for healing occasions and I would store it away while I wasn't using it. Just so it has that energy associated to it. And you need a white candle and you could buy one that's shaped like a person or praying hands. That'd be really good. You would carve the person's name into it that you intend to help. And having soaked the herb hyssop, very easy to get hold of online and in herbal shops, you soak that in olive oil. And you want to dress the candle and light the candle and pause this at any time to catch up. Then you recite the following prayer, which I've gotten from Brady Williams. Hygieia, mother of all, bless us with your gift of health. Asclepios. Patron of healers, protect those who battle illness and injury. Give them strength, sustain them in their work. Epionye, soother of pain, bring ease to those who suffer, let them rest and heal. Panakea, bringer of the cure, speed to us urgently with your remedy. Akeso, take the cure from your sister's hands, apply the gift of Panakea, and return our health. Yeso, bearer of healing, 
speed our recovery and end our suffering. Ayegle, lovely and welcome, follow on the train of your sisters, who bring us cure and speedy recovery, and restore us to radiant good health. And then you would ask them for healing, and you would meditate for answers. And also another good thing that you could try and do is find the images of these gods and goddesses and actually place them on your altar or in the patient's room or wherever the healing is needed. Another one is that you would place peppermint leaves over a picture of who you are healing and then using a blue candle, you can substitute it with white if you want, you would carve the name and dress it as you wish and place it next to the picture with the leaves and burn. Once it's fully burned down, get rid of the leaves. And you can repeat that as much as you want. Charging crystals with a healing energy and either giving them to the ill person or incorporating them in your spells could be a good idea as well. For example, you could stick them to one of the healing candles, alexandrite, hermica diamonds, lodestones, moonstones, pearls and quartz are considered really strong and really good healing crystals. And mages, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path. I also want to connect you to information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors World community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you'd wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com, and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork and to Cecily Klim for editing. Peace out, witches. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.